lived on Oh, hi, everybody. You just caught Matt and I doing what we love to do most, entertaining senior citizens at a retirement home. Say hi to the South Park fans, gang. Say hi to the South Park fans, I said. We're glad you're watching this episode of South Park because it's our favorite episode. That's right. It's called Conjoined Fetus Lady, and it's all about the kids' exciting dodgeball tournament in China. Trey and I got the idea for this episode when we visited Beijing, China together. That's right. We saw the Great Wall, the Forbidden City, and even Tiananmen Square, where Chinese students were killed by soldiers. Here we are reenacting the Tiananmen Square Massacre. After we got out of jail for reenacting the Tiananmen Square Massacre, we went back home and thought, wow, China is really stupid. Let's make fun of it. So we did. And this show also has that old woman who has a twin that died during childbirth attached to her head joke in it. <laughs> Isn't that funny, gang? Isn't that funny, I said! Answer him, you f***ing pieces of s***! God damn it, we come and f***ing perform for you and you sit there like a bunch of f***ing corpses! F***ing hate you! So sit back, relax, and enjoy Conjoined Fetus Lady. What the hell is this? What would you say you do here? It's Stone's Weekly Dose. Because I'm kind of an idiot. I'm a dumb guy. Brian, you don't have to keep trying so hard to impress me. I already really like you. Your midweek download destination. I told you about Brian. I told you. Come on, man. Brian was just making a joke. I'm so lucky to have met you, Brian. You're such an amazing guy. It's Stone's Weekly Dose. Note to self, dying sucks. Welcome in to the supposedly foron, the supposedly foron, the supposedly for-profit venture known as the Stone On Air Podcast. Brought to you weekly, usually on a Wednesday. Today is October 16th, 2019. <sighs> all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Everybody, just calm down. Um. All right, so let's just jump right into it. I have a three-segment show today, and as happens pretty regularly, and I'm okay with it because that's just the nature of the way that I do this show. I've had to drastically shift some gears here that I wasn't expecting. I was going to do, hell, I don't even have the original notes with me. I don't have a show sheet today. Um, I just have the one sheet that I made for the audio I'm going to run from the Hamilton County Commission um, meeting from last week, last Wednesday. They'll be meeting today, if you listen to this, on the day that it is released and available for download, like I know each and every single one of you do, the minute you wake up on a Wednesday, you look for the podcast. So if you are doing that, then that vote is going to happen today on the wheel tax. More on that here a little bit later. If you catch this later, then you'll already uh, know the vote of the, or the you know what what happened with the meeting from the uh, 16th. It's less about the wheel tax and more about how much I despise Tim Boyd. That's really the bottom line. Um, as this goes along here, I will say right off the front here, uh, my girlfriend and her young boy are uh, cooking dinner uh, upstairs uh, just above me in a very not soundproof portion of the house watching the national, uh, the Democratic uh, national debate. 
So um, there might be a little bit of noises you hear here and there, people walking around, dogs barking next door, all this other stuff going on, uh, and that's fine. Plus, the dinner's for me, so when I'm done with this stupid show, I can go eat for once today. But so let's just lay it out here real quick. Um, and that front end there with the South Park thing, I was going to do some of this China NBA stuff. Uh, where I'm at now, I don't care um, about that anymore. So the second segment of the show is going to be me hating on Tim Boyd. And then the final segment of the show is going to be me fixing Riverbend. I'm going to fix Riverbend. And I, I now, for the first time, think it's fixable. And um, I've been getting word from people inside the walls. The Friends of the Festival uh, executive branch have reached out to me and have told me that they believe that I am going to like some of the changes, if not potentially most of the changes that uh, are coming. Are real changes even actually coming this time? I believe that they are. Since we've last talked about anything here locally, Chip Baker, he's gone. Um, he got he you know duped some other company, consultant firm, into paying him probably six figures to take their watches and tell them what time it is. So good for him. But as long as he's out of this mix, then all we got to do now is focus on getting him off the Hamilton County Commission. That's not my district. I don't have any say in that. Good luck, District 2. I am in District 8. That's where Tim Boyd uh, represents. And uh, as I said before and all the time, he's an asshole. So we'll get to that in the second segment of the show. Again, third segment is Fixing Riverman. And real quick, before I go into my all of a sudden uh, put-together first segment of the show in the last uh, 12 hours, uh, I did. I said I wasn't going to talk about Riverbend anymore unless it was newsworthy. And to me, this is very newsworthy. And uh, so that's where that's why I'm jumping right back into Riverbend talk after I said I wasn't the other day. I don't mean to be that guy on the thread, right? That goes, I'm. This is my last day, and I'm not coming back. And then comes back and says it again. And then, oh yeah, well you're a bleepity bleep. Oh well, I no, I this is for real my last time. Like I don't mean to be that guy. Um, that is, I've despised that guy since the day of the old message forums, you know, the old message boards. This is my last word on this. Oh yeah. Well, you're a bleep. Oh yeah. Well, uh, 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 you know, that kind of thing. So that's why I just wanted to preface that. Speaking of message boards, um, just because I put it in the title, we'll just get it out there. Um, my, uh, my cat of 11 years, uh, passed away. So there is the. Uh, spoiler alert part we, part we get out of the way and then I'm going to tell this story if you want to listen to it I love you for it if you don't want to I wouldn't blame you whatsoever I don't necessarily want to hear a story about one of your pets so totally get it totally cool but speaking of message forms back in 2008 um, Gary Poole been on many media outlets I think he still works for the Pulse and Brewer Media right now had a message board called sceniccity.com it was before social media was really a thing. Some of us were starting to figure out what social media was, but not, you know, 2008, I guess, MySpace, Facebook was kind of becoming a thing. Twitter was not a thing yet. Oops, just kicked the hell out of that. Anyway, uh, so it was a place to really uh, engage in conversation with people locally, regionally, and sometimes nationally, depending on what kind of forum you were in. And there was a, I don't remember what section it was, but it was somebody posted, like, hey, I'm bringing, um, I'm passing through Chattanooga and, you know, so-and-so's cat, mom died or whatever the sad sack story was. I got to get rid of these kittens. And um, 
And I said, you know, I, I had had one cat before. It was another rescue situation. I found this cat in like 2002 or three in mountain shadows in the middle of the road in the middle of the night, like a cat way too, a little kitten way too young to be away from his mom and litter. So I grabbed him and her and, and kept her until she died in 07, right here at this exact same house that I live in. I moved her like three or four times. Love that cat a lot. And uh, she got poisoned, we believe, uh, that she uh, got into some um, antifreeze or something and died. And it made me very upset. And so it had been about a year, and I was responded on the message board. I said, well, hell, if you're going to drop the damn cat off, bring it on. I'll take it. I don't have any I'm animal-free around here. I'll take this cat. That was in March, late March, early April of 2008. So real quick. Before I get into any further of this, you often get labeled amongst just throwaway conversation in a you know, small talk world of being a cat guy or a dog gal or a dog girl and a cat, you know, whatever. Like, oh, that's a cat person. That's a cat person. That's a crazy cat lady. That's a dog person. That person. She loves her some dogs. I'm neither. I get into the cat person category by many people who just, you know, again, it's throwaway conversation. It doesn't matter. Uh, because I really don't like dogs. I think dogs are an extension of their owners. If you have an undisciplined, um, just you know, kind of willy-nilly, loosey-goosey type owner, you're going to have a, an undisciplined dog that's just you know regularly getting into stuff it's not supposed to, regularly annoying people. It's going to be an extension of your owner. Uh, if you have a very sweet, loving, and caring owner, generally speaking, they're going to have an, a dog that resembles that same personality. Dogs are they're very creature of habit. It's learned behavior with the, with domesticated pets is not as much as it is with human beings, but there's certainly a level of that too there. If you got a greedy, stingy, just real asshole, you know, self-centered owner, you're going to have the same kind of dog. I mean, it's it's not guaranteed that way, but it usually works out that way. When it comes to cats, it's more they're kind of doing their own thing, obviously. I mean, that's just pretty much the old, you know, hey, just feed me and leave me alone, that kind of thing. But that's not true. Many cats adapt a little bit of their owner's personality, for sure. At least in my case, in two or three now uh, samples over the course of 20 years, that certainly is the case. Now, it's not noticeable to anybody who doesn't know the personality traits close. Like, you know, just some stranger isn't going to be able to pick up on this very quick. But... I, I do believe there that there is that connection and there's learned behavior that becomes between that relationship between a cat and a dog. So I always say I don't like I'm not a cat person. I don't really like cats. I don't care about that cat over there. I hope it's healthy and lives a good life, but I don't really care about it. I like my cat. I don't care about your cat. I don't care about those cats. I love my cat. And um, in around around the time I got her. 2008, I was just starting to work at Talk quite regularly. In six is when it started. Seven, it was picking up. In eight, seven, it was a, a lot. I was doing a ton of work in seven and into eight. So I was around all those guys back when uh, the once great Talk station uh, over 10 years ago. And uh, Bill Lockhart and Jeff Styles. it's Talk Radio 102.3 WGOW. For anybody who is not familiar with that uh, absolutely dead, dead radio entity as it is now, um, they would regularly call people in the, uh, some of us younger folks, Budro. Mostly it was Budro, but every now and again it was Dudro. 
And for whatever reason, when I got this cat, this female little tiny kitten, barely old enough to be away from his, her, uh, her, 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 the mom, I said, I'm going to name that cat Dudro, especially since it's a female, because that's a weird name and it's a girl. And that will always be some kind of talking point. So, I mean, that's about the extent of that story. That wasn't her name, Dudro. And over the course of uh, 11 years now, she would be 12 in the spring of next year. So she's 11 and a half. She was 11 and a half years old. Um, this cat just became one of my, my most favorite living things ever. She was such an incredibly cool cat. And there's something to say about the saying, you know, that's a cool cat. You know, that old 50s thing and, you know, old school, you know, you're a cool cat kind of thing. And over the years, it could be misconstrued where people would think, you know, I'm not trying, you know, I'm not trying to be cool. I'm just trying to be this. I'm not trying. I've always just, I've wanted to be known as cool. What my definition of cool is, chill might be the way it was put in the last, you know, generation or so, but just cool. If, you, if someone walks away and says, man, Brian's pretty cool. You know, that, that would make my day. You know, I'm not looking for someone to be sitting around talking about how generous I am, how polite I am, how friendly I am, how kind-hearted I am. I mean, if you think that, then great. I just want you to think I'm cool. It means I mind my business. I'm just chill. I just try to go along to get along. I try not to get in anybody's way. If you get in my way, it's going to piss me off. But, you know, I try, to, I try to make things work. And that's what this cat did. She was just cool. As chill as a as a, a a feline as a domesticated pet could get. A lot of that typical oh just feed me and uh, get out of my way, but also just as personality driven as a cat you're ever gonna find. She after about two years old, maybe three, somewhere in there, she stopped using a litter box. She goes outside. My cat hasn't had a litter box in seven or eight years. You know how incredible that is. And for years, there's two sections of the house. She lived in the primarily in the downstairs part where she had to be let out. And she would come and scratch at the door or walk around on your face if she was in the, in the room or squawk like crazy until you got up and let her out. She had so many characteristics of a really cool small dog, except she wasn't all the crappy parts that are a dog. I just fed her and let her go live and do her thing. She wasn't a curious type. It wasn't an overly like, you know, the curious kills the cat thing. She was measured. She was calculated. She was deliberate. She knew exactly what she was doing. She was that just gorgeous tuxedo cat, right? The white paws, white uh, chest and under, the, uh, under her uh, face. And then that velvety, silky, just jet black coat. Pretty as she could be. Got pretty fat as she got older. Um, she was a squawker, a talker. She was always not meowing, just meow, meow, meow. I mean, if you just said her name, she'd go meow. You touch her, quite literally, just go up to her and just barely poke. Meow. Grab her, pick her up. Meow. Squeeze her. Just over and over and over. It was hilarious. It didn't mean anything. She wasn't mad. That's just what she did. She squawked. She talked. She comes up if I've been gone for a couple days and I come up and it's just like meow. Like running up, she she was so personable, like I've never seen a cat before. And a lot of it, sometimes it was, it was almost like there were words. Like sometimes it'd be different tones of like, like excited. 
hey, 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 you're, you're here, or yeah, hey, uh, leave me alone, or even seemingly what was kind of like an interesting, like I'm interested, like eh, what, what's that over there? I mean, it was her own form of language, and I, I got it. I understood. I knew what she needed. I knew what she wanted. I knew what she was trying to do based on her actions, the way she quite literally, to almost literal sense, spoke to me. For the last, like, five years or so, she's lived primarily on the side of the house now that has a what once was just primarily a doggy door, which is now the cat door. She lets herself in and out as she pleases. She stays upstairs sometimes for or in the garage for hours to half a day at a time or will be gone for virtually an entire day. Uh, there's lots of wooded area over here, um, here in East Ridge off of South Seminole. And she, you know, she hunts, and as she's gotten older, it's more difficult for her to kill birds and mice and then drag them up here into the house. So I've been, it's been nice that uh, that's lessened. But she was very self-sufficient, and as self-sufficient as an, a domesticated pet could be. All I had to do was make sure she had a little bit to eat. That was it. I took her to the vet, not as much as I should have, but enough. To get checked up to make sure she, you know, wasn't getting anything and getting any, you know, cancer, leukemia. Cats uh, regularly get that stay outside a lot of the time. She was healthy and uh, treated like an absolute queen, like she absolutely deserved. And um, as I was mentioning just a minute ago, she uh, she wasn't dangerous. She was deliberate. She uh, she understood what she was doing. She didn't want to, you know, see what was around the corner. She she didn't go to the road. Uh, South Seminole down here is the main drag. You know, if everybody would go 30 miles an hour, more pets and people wouldn't get hurt on roads, but people speed like assholes in their cars. Now, I have no idea what happened, but when I say she never goes to the road, let me explain the setup I have here. There's an alleyway back behind my house off of South Seminole, just a half mile from the tunnels, to get to my actual driveway. There is no driveway up front. There's a drop off, a hill, just that goes down from um, the end of the what would be the front yard and there's some steps I walk down to go get the mail. I have never in one in 11 years, not one single time, and this isn't just saying, oh, there was that one or two times and I just forgot about it, not one single time did I ever see her at the road or anywhere near the road. She was terrified of the road, not interested in it whatsoever. And she knew this landscape better than any animal or, or, or human being in the last you know decade or so. So she was not playing in the road the other day, but that's where I found her. Um, there are times, countless times, when I walk down into the yard to walk down the steps to go to the, to the road to get my mail. Going down there to get the mail sucks. I only do it a couple times a week at most. And she, if she's around, she would follow me to the top of the step and never take one step closer to the point where I never was, you know, even like, I hope she doesn't come down this time. It's like, she's not coming down here. She doesn't come down to the road. And then I'd go get the mail, walk up the steps. She'd follow me right back up every time, every single time. And, um, you know, there were many times where I, uh, I was here by myself for uh, several years where I used to have roommates and we were all young and we were, you know, it was a bachelor pad and we'd always have people over. We'd always be here to watch the game. 
And, you know, as we just started to get older into our 30s, that became less and less and less. And then some people got married and I, you know, then I, going back six years ago or so, then I, you know, I had a girlfriend that I was not paying attention around and that ended. And all of a sudden I looked around and it was like, well, everything's gone. You know, and it wasn't everything gone, but that's what it felt like. The youth, right? Your, our youth was starting to fade. There was uh, a few years where, I'm not going to use the word depression, but where I was really just kind of bummed more than anybody realized and, um, and, and, and lonely as hell, um, especially around uh, 2014, maybe into, into 2015. And at that point, I started to focus on work more to try to get my mind off of things. But I always had Dudro. Dudro was always there. She was my buddy. She'd always be there when I got home from work, get her a little dab of uh, canned food, hang out. She was great. And uh, leaving for work, uh, what would that have been? That would have been Tuesday mid-morning to head over to the station. And, um, you know, I don't know when it happened, but she was in the road. She was hit. She was – I couldn't tell if it was her or not. And thanks so much to some friends and my girlfriend that came as I because I was running late. I had to go. It was just, you know, one of those like I I don't know what I just saw, but I please need your help to help me figure out what this is. Please look for her. And I got to work and I started to do a few things and I just told him, Listen, guys, I can't stay here. I have to go back. And I went back and at that point her and a friend Scott and a neighbor came out and parked to stop the road so people would stop and and it was, you know, that was it. You know, that was it. So I'll just, you know, I'll leave it there. Um, it really, really, uh, really sucks. And so the recording of this is just, you know, 10 hours after that. And life goes on. Um, I, I I deal with life differently than some people do, and I don't think that anybody's wrong for the way that they handle things. The only way I could get through today was just to have, just to get, just to do my day, just to go to go to work, my Brittany was like, don't just, just call them and just stay here. You never call out. Just, just, I was like, I can't, I can't do it. I have to go to work and I have to finish going through this Hamilton County commission audio. And I have to finish what I had already started the night before. And I have to do this recording. Do I, well, do I actually have to? No, of course I don't, but that's what I need to do. That's what I need to do. We're going to make a little, um, memorial, uh, some kind of uh, shrine painting, something out in the yard. Um, again, thank you to Scott and Brittany for burying her for me and um, do some kind of uh, celebration of life. Because as I, I told her, I said, it feels silly being this upset. And she assured me, and I know that she's right, that no, this is real and this means something and it's good. To have those kinds of feelings. So we're going to do that this weekend. All right. So let's see. Final uh, segment of the show. We're going to fix Riverbend. Just listen to me. I've got all the answers. Riverbend's fixed. And uh, Tim Boyd is uh, a total asshole. More examples of that coming up next. Stone on air. We'll be right back. Oh, darling. What juicy gossip I have for our listeners. Stoneonair.com. I would agree. We need to move it to the 20th. We need to question the $60. And if... It goes on a ballot, and if the constituents vote to add the wheel tax, I am adamantly going to campaign from this point forward to put this money in the county's fund, county's general fund, because we as commissioners have more to do than think about funding education. We need to fund 
infrastructure. We need to fund jails for the sheriff. We need to fund roads. There's a lot more this county needs to be spending money on, and it's debt service, debt service, debt service that we need to be thinking about on bond issues. So there's just too much. Uh, Commissioner Mackey says, well, let's uh, discuss it around the kitchen table. Well, if we're going to put this to a vote next Wednesday, I don't know how many kitchen tables I can get around to in three or four days in a weekend, especially a football weekend. Who does Tennessee play this week? Yeah. So nobody's going to be wanting to talk about taxes on Saturday. Hello, Mark. So I am a college football fan, and I love the Tennessee Volunteers. Tim Boyd, my guy, my bro, Tim Boyd, my former neighbor, probably shoot away my cat with a broom many times. Get off my lawn! Get off my lawn! I, I mean that. I'm not, I'm not being facetious. Hey, teacher! Leave those kids alone. This is corn, if you hadn't figured that out by now. Uh, When it comes down to it, I don't know the best way to fund public education. Uh, I really don't. It's not my uh, anywhere near of anything that I've spent a lot of time on, primarily because I've never had any children. I have some that are somewhat, you know, not somewhat, completely in my life at this point. So I think about it more uh, than I ever did before. But I still don't have, you know, I still don't have a hell of a lot to say about it. Um, the $60 wheel tax that's going to be voted on, by the time you hear this, it's, I guess it's already going to be voted on, to, to put it on the ballot March 3rd of next year. Don't mistake this. This is the problem with small town politics, and I'm not. I'm not going to put full blame on one side or the other on this on this uh, particular situation. And I'll get to that more as this segment goes along. Um, but this, the problem with small town politics is sometimes they don't even know what they're voting on. They don't know what they're voting for because it's like vote yes on one and no on two because no means yes and yes means no. Like it can be very confusing. And sneaking in um, initiatives or uh, referendums that you want uh, to, to slide through on low voter turnout uh, uh, portions of the year is a political strategy, no matter whether you're talking up high, down low, in between, or wherever. So I get all that. I'm not blind to that, and I'm not, uh, not going to get into that all that much on this segment. I'm just so sick of the pompous nature of... Of Tim Boyd and a couple others on the uh, Hamilton County Commission, I don't, I don't love how much uh, kind of loose power that the commission has. They really can uh, allocate money to a lot of different places, and, and a lot of times they do good work with it. But so often it can just seem like you know head scratching. Uh, hold on a second. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What was that for? How was that itemized? You can go on the, the, the Hamilton.tn.gov, whatever it is, website. I've done it before. I, I was trying to be gotcha guy with uh, Boyd in the last year or so and pulling all his uh, records of spending. 
And it's just, if you're politically astute, and that's what Tim Boyd has wanted to do his whole life. I've talked about it in the past on other shows I've done. This guy has been wanting to be the political snake that he is his whole life. And he finally got it back in 2010, and he's held on to it for now, obviously, almost a decade. He says this is his last run as Hamilton County Commissioner uh, from District 8. We'll find out if he holds true to that. I have a feeling... He is going to make a run at the uh, Hamilton County mayor uh, position that's going to come up as Jim Coppinger is. I don't even remember. I mean, forgive my ignorance if it's a, a term limit or him stepping down. I think it's a term limit. Either way, I do find it strange how massive the county government is. Um, I guess I guess it makes sense because Chattanooga is only a certain portion of the county. But uh, there's, a, there's a lot of big money and political posturing. And a lot of, um, we'll just say, emboldenedness by the current administration of the country within the Hamilton County Commission. So let's just get down to the beginning of what this is all about. Again, I don't have any news or notes in front of me um, at all. I printed them all out. I was going to do a much more in-depth, comprehensive kind of thing, looking at uh, TFP pieces in the Chattanooga. Uh, I don't don't have the uh, patience for that tonight. Bottom line is, David Sharp. Commissioner Hamilton County Commissioner from District Six is introducing a um, a sixty dollar wheel tax on Hamilton County to pay for uh, education. This is in um, reaction to the budget that was uh, submitted that we've gone over and over and over uh, in in past shows. This is a second ditch attempt to try to get money for education. David Sharp is a friend of mine. The first time I met him, and then subsequently interviewed him was when he was a head brewer or something, uh, a young hotshot with Big River, and uh, that was when the uh, Brewers Fest down on the uh, Ross's Landing was really starting to take off and had an interview with him at uh, talk radio, and then we just you know, talk over the years, and then he gets into the political game, and while I am not a constituent of his district, I am a supporter in full transparency. Now, there's another little wrinkle here that's going to make this come together maybe a little bit better depending on what angle we want to take today that I just don't have the time for the research on. There's this uh, organization called Unified, spelled just the way the word is spelled, Unified. Uh, it's more uh, recognized as Unify Ed, Unify Education. Uh, kind of a play on a word, kind of play on a spelling. That is a more, I would just say, I, I want to use the word progressive. I'm not going to use the word liberal or left or you know, now that these words have become so toxic because of the disgusting people that represent this country from a national level. But it is a more progressive uh, nature of uh, changing the way over the next, not two years, not five years, not even sometimes 20 years, sometimes 50 years, sometimes generations ahead of how we educate people in the world that we live in currently. There are so many people. I don't know if this is just an America thing. Surely it's not. But I bet it's more here than other places where it's just, oh, we're not changing everything. Back when I was here, this this worked this way. and Why the hell can't it work this way now? I mean, does that happen in Australia? I mean, I'm just making up a, I'm just picking a continent and a country. Does that happen in South Africa? Right. Does that does that happen in uh, let's say oh I don't know uh, the Netherlands? Do they have? Oh, I'm just there's no way we're gonna do anything different around here. The way I've always done it's the way it's gonna be because that's the best. I mean, is that I don't, I don't, sidebar? I don't know, but 
I and common core kind of things, different ways of computing, understanding, developing. If you're not doing that, then as far as I'm concerned, you're just being left in the dust. Right? You're being left in the dust. And there's a reason why so many rural, just downtrodden areas are so Trumpified. Because they don't want their things getting all messed. So you come in here and change. You're changing things. All right. You all know where I come on that. All right. So I don't know what you do to fund education necessarily. But this unified group, unified ed group, is like enemy number one to Tim Boyd and his kind of Trumpified and boldened way that he approaches his political stance now. And then the other Republicans on the county commission, it's like the freaking Supreme Court. It's nine of them. It's five to four. I think they're heavy. Uh, they're five uh, conservatives to four hippy dippy faggot liberals. I don't know. Um, but so they so he's got everybody scared. Oh, unified, uh, unified ed uh, put, put you in the position that you're in. I'm jumping ahead of myself. Let's get to the audio. Shall we? So all this is pulled from the Hamilton County Commission meeting last Wednesday, meaning if you're listening on the day that this was downloaded one week ago today. And uh, this is David Sharp just presenting his idea of a $60 wheel tax that will go towards the funding of education. One last uh, commentary I'll have. I don't really love the idea of being a Hamilton County resident and paying $60 a year for a wheel tax. So this isn't me saying I love this idea or hate this idea. I just I'm just fascinated by the interaction of uh, of the Hamilton County Commission, and uh, that's the, no further point other than that. This is David Sharp from last week. Over the course of the past year or more, uh, there's been a lot of debate with regard to appropriate levels of funding and pay rates for educators at the Department of Education here in Hamilton County. Um, we had. Uh, vibrant debate here on this dais. Uh, there's obviously very strong opinions on both sides of this argument. Um, we had a very uh, a close vote uh, from uh, the commission uh, with regard to the budget and how it affected the Department of Education this year. And uh, this resolution um, is simply to answer the question of, you know, where where do our constituents truly lie? Where do they feel about how we support educators, how we compensate educators, and the value that they provide to our students in our community here in Hamilton County? And I can think of no better way of getting to the bottom of that question than taking it directly to the public and allowing them to speak at the ballot box. So to quickly put this uh, out there, what he's trying to do is get this on the ballot on a, on a low voter turnout, like primaries for local county positions in March of next year. Now, that's strategic. That's strategic because I know the turnout will not be very high at all to try to push this through and say, oh, hey, we just want to find out what the constituents want to say. I get what he's doing, but I also understand it is true. It is authentic. Hey, I'm not saying let's push it through and make it a county commission decision. Let's let the voters Decide the next uh, comment here, and just in full disclosure, the comments and the, the the clips I'm playing are out of order. All right, they're not all one length of the of the county commission meeting. If you wanted to hear the whole damn thing, just go listen to the whole thing. So this isn't going to be the reactionary way that it sounded, but it's still it's still it it makes sense. So just bear with me. All right, this is Tim Boyd right after that comment from David Sharp. This this uh, resolution, I. I must say and give credit to Commissioner Sharp. 
uh, for his continued efforts, tireless efforts, really, to increase taxes for the school as a part of the agenda of Unified Ed that helped place Commissioner Sharp on this bench. What a dick. You know, what a dick. What a jerk. Uh, I I must commend you on your continued attempts to push the agenda of Unified Ed who put you here. Um, Boyd went on. He's a blowhard that he is. Continued on and on and on for however long it was. And um, so it was later on that David Sharp gave this response. But I'm going to do it in... Uh, in, in this in the setting that it should have been here to understand the response to what Tim Boyd just very flippantly said towards David Sharp and what's supposed to be a professional setting amongst grown ass men. I would just like to make a correction there. Uh, the people of District Six put me in this seat, and by a pretty good margin, uh, just like the people of District Eight, Commissioner Boyd put you in your seat. The difference here is that I trust the people of District Six to make these decisions. And I'm, I'm kind of taken back as to why you wouldn't trust the people of District 8 to speak in the same manner. Thank you very much, Chairman. So I just I needed those back-to-back, but just remember those did not come back-to-back just exactly like that. So Tim Boyd continues, um, which, which is a legitimate question here. What happens with this money? A $60 uh, wheel tax in Hamilton County, which he did ask the legit- legitimate questions. This is an hour-long meeting. I mean, I'm only doing like Four, three and a half minutes worth of audio here. What other counties do this wheel tax? It does seem to be a little archaic. How many in our, our neighboring counties do this? And the answer was not all that many. If you want to know more about that, uh, then look it up. But here is what uh, his next response was as far as, again, just asking about the money. And I don't blame Tim for doing it. How it's going to be used is a question. Where's this money going to go? Who's going to manage it? I don't trust the school board one iota of managing the pro- any additional taxes. As a Republican, I'm against growing government. All this would do is provide the school board with more money to hire more people to do more ineffective work. I'm not going to be for a social justice, equity, collective agenda pushed by the current school board staff and superintendent. And all this would do is give them millions more dollars to hire Many, many more people that are going to be ineffective in our schools. All right, so here we go. Now you're seeing the emboldened nature of the political climate that we have in this country, the social justice, equity, blah, 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 agenda of the social of the uh, the school board and the superintendent. Um, just because an old ass man in retirement age uh, like Tim Boyd doesn't understand how uh, children need to be educated going into the future, doesn't mean we should turn uh, your children in the education system right now as we speak into political footballs and that's what that's what he is doing and maybe you could uh, make the same ar- argument that that's what uh, the the other side of this argument is doing I again that's the biggest point here is just to uh, you know bleep on Tim Boyd because I think he's poison for the Hamilton County Commission poison and he will do whatever it takes to make a uh, political stance on anything. That takes place no matter what they're voting on. Let's see. Uh, let's continue on here with another one from Tim Boyd. We need to spend money elsewhere. There are other things that this county commission needs to deal with other than education. And, um, yeah, I yeah, I know, Tim. I know that's how you feel. I'll explain more on the other side. And if it goes on a ballot and if 
the constituents vote to add the wheel tax, I am adamantly going to campaign from this point forward to put this money in the county's fund, county's general fund, because we as commissioners have more to do than think about funding education. We need to fund, fund infrastructure. We need to fund jails for the sheriff. We need to fund roads. There's a lot more this county needs to be spending money on. Oh, exactly. Like, uh, oh, I don't know, art uh, initiatives within some music and art initiatives within the city that all of a sudden get funds to create a job for somebody from your freaking family, Tim Boyd. How about that? One of your family members, let's say, oh, I don't know, an offspring of yours that has a job within the city now inside of the county that didn't have the money to fund an employment for an additional uh, member, but now all of a sudden do because of your, oh, all right, all right. Yeah, okay, yeah, great. Nice try, dickhead. Nice try. Um, this is like screaming of, you know, like the old movies, the old shows, the $100 handshakes, Shawshank Redemption when the, the, the warden has the cake. Hey, my... uh. My wife sends her best regards, and there's like a stack of hundreds in there to make sure that my guys won't be here to do the work, so your company can get the uh, can get the contractual bid. This is this is where Tim Boyd is, where his roots are. Corrupt, corrupt backroom before there was any kind of technology to be able to be surveillanced type of awful political posturing. Tim Boyd grew up in that, and he likes it, and he engages in it. That's what he does. The proof is there. I won't go any further into it because you already know if you're here with any regularity what I'm talking about. One more clip from uh, David Sharp as he just kind of gives a a couple of seconds here on uh, his final uh, parting ways here. On what, again, it was an hour meeting. I can't get it all. Uh, the, the, The resolution here is to allow the people of Hamilton County to address how we fund educators' salaries or wages. Um, It's not the commission dictating anything. Uh, this is this 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 would be coming directly from the people. I mean, democracy at its finest. Um, and one more here, and I'm gonna get out of here. I'm running a little longer than I want. Commissioner Martin, I don't have the information pulled up in front of me. I've had a hell of a day. Um, I'm hungry. I'm ready to do the final fixing Riverbend segment. Fixing Riverbend segment, excuse me, and get my dumbass to bed. But another, just one. Uh, he, you can already tell this guy is like looking at Tim Boy, being like, "Oh, can I be like you? Can I be like? Uh, can I be like the president? Uh, let's just be as condescending as we possibly can be, Commissioner Martin." And, and, I, and I have to say this, too, to Commissioner Sharp. I appreciate you. I want you to know that. You are a true blue individual. Ugh. What you believe, you say, and you follow up with your actions, I disagree with you, but I love that about politicians who aren't doing this, trying to figure out which is the best way to vote, that believe something. I just disagree with you, but I, but I appreciate the integrity that you have as an individual, that you are a true believer in your cause and and the way you're trying to do it. So I compliment you for that, though I might disagree with you. Oh, it's just oozing. It's just dripping with condescension 
Uh, thanks a lot, uh, bro. Appreciate that on the way out the door. Uh, I don't. I, I, I don't really want to pay a sixty dollars tax. I don't know if that money's going to go where it needs to be. I'm just telling you, this is your Hamilton County Commission uh, more times than not. And right now, Tim Boy is taking kind of control over this and the little minion wannabes, just like now all the many conservative right types are doing. Oh, well, it's we got to be assholes. The only way we're going to get anything done is be assholes. And, uh, you know, maybe that is true. Maybe that's the only way to get anything done is to be an asshole. Let's see. Let's fix Riverbend right here, right now. Do it next. The new executive director of Friends of the Festival, Mickey McCamish, says the 2020 Riverbend Festival will be May 27th through 30th, similar to last year's dates. But the first thing that's going to change about the festival is the pricing. Making it more affordable, going back toward the direction that we did in years years past. They're also going to look at making pricing different for children and adults. And instead of using AC Entertainment based in Knoxville, they're using Songbirds based in Chattanooga. Songbirds has a lot of experience on exactly what our community, the type of music that our community wants. The reason for these changes stems from a low turnout to the 2019 festival. What we did is we cut the festival in half, but we almost doubled the pricing. That probably wasn't a good thing to do. She said that, uh, that's WRCB, um, that the changes were made because of the low turnout to 2019's festival. When you feel life ain't worth living, you got to stand up and take a look around and look up way to the sky. Sorry. Um, they... They, they did that in response to a decade of a crumbling uh, overall ideological vision for a music festival. Now, it was immediately because of the disaster that was 2019. But these things are happening because this, this has been eroding for a solid decade. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this. Uh, just mainly because I've gone so long already. And if you're here, I love you. God, you know, just know I love you. I, mean, I do. I really, really, really do. Um, Mickey McCamish is now the. Uh, I think. I think it's officially the interim, the interim executive director, which I think is good. I really like that. When I first heard that Mickey McCamish was going to be the new executive director, I thought I might. I just the biggest eye roll you could possibly ever see, right? Just think of the person who just makes you like. Ugh. And I, oh well, good. Wow, here we go. New blood, right? Mickey McCamish is a. Uh, oops, I hit that off. Anyway, it's all good. Uh, Mickey McCamish is a sweet, sweet, sweet man. Um, the military background does so much for the community. Has been. I think he's a not whole gang guy, right? I think him and uh, Doctor B, Jerry, or excuse me, Gary Haskew ran around at Ingalls Stadium back in the you know the, those days. That guy is a treasure. 
a treasure to this uh, to this community. Does he need to be the executive director for a contemporary music festival going forward? I don't know. But on an interim basis, yes. Yes, absolutely. I'm not being flippant. I'm being absolutely, uh, absolutely uh, sincere. Yes, on an interim basis, as this as this kind of change of the guard, change of command happens, I am totally for this. Um, Songbirds coming in, I, I got to believe is good. I got to believe it. It's got so much financial backing from so many different er- so many different areas and so many people involved that I truly do believe in. And maybe I'm being a touch bias, but I like it. But, I mean, you could also say, well, I mean, I'm an AC Entertainment guy. I'm an Ashley Caps guy. I'm a Superfly guy. Like, if you said AC Entertainment was going to be back again, I wouldn't knock that at all. I would say, good, that sounds good. Um, i got to believe that that, that that collaboration will work. The biggest problem that I've always had is just the logistics of this nightmare. This county fair, this, you know, this carnival, blah, 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 blah. We've done this over and over and over again. And um, I got hit up by one of the prominent members of the talent buying team. I won't say who it is uh, through instant message the other day and said, hey, Brian, just so you know, your complaints about Riverbend, I have agreed with more times than not, way more than you'll ever know. Now, I paraphrase that completely, and again, I'm not going to say who it is, and later on down the line, maybe we'll talk on the the podcast or the radio, and we'll get get further into it. But I I responded back, again, a paraphrase, thank you, I'm glad that um, that that you feel that way, and that you don't have hard feelings towards me, because none of this has ever been personal, outside of Chip Baker. Not a fan of Chip Baker, but so many of these others, I'm not going to mention one name, but all these people within the Friends of the Festival that I created, or I didn't create, I, I mean, we, we, we made relationships over the years that I cherished and I enjoyed and, and, I, and I, I wanted, maybe even needed. But that didn't mean that the festival wasn't becoming a disaster. So here's what I'm going to do real quick. And again, we're you know we're months away. We're almost to winter time. Festivals are not even on my radar right now. Here's what you do: just at least from a skeleton and bones kind of just uh, a, a logistical standpoint. Here's what you do: I'm not talking about who's on the damn stage. I'll let everybody else worry about that. Right? I don't have to pay to go to this thing anyway, so I don't really care what it costs. You know, y'all figure all that out. Logistically, this thing has to be fixed. It cannot be a carnival or a county fair, unless that's just what you want to call it. Just call it the Riverbend County Fair, and I'll never talk about it again, all right? But that's not what they want to do. And based on Barry Corder from the Times Free Press' uh, first uh, a piece that he wrote, or, or first or second, after all this news was coming out, after Chip Baker stepped, uh, stood, stepped down and McCamish took over, and there is a lot of talk about, and they kind of worded it j- just enough that they had wiggle room, they wanted the stages to be on the land, all right? So that's a good start. Put two stages, two main stages. You can have the main, main stage and the secondary stage if you want, but two pretty nice, sizable kind of stages and position them however you want. One maybe by the old jotty, one maybe up on the green or maybe down in the corner down below the steps on at Ross's Landing. 
However you want to do that, I'm not overly concerned. Let let somebody who's you know expertise and profession is you know designing uh, sight lines and and sound uh, quality and all that. That's not my that's not my you know expertise. That's not my gig. I don't know about that. I just know what it sounds like, what it looks like, and I know when it's good and I know when it's bad from a user experience, from a consumer. But here's what you do, especially since the VIP experience, quote-unquote, is still much a very real thing in all of festival lands. And Chattanooga is a VIP kind of town. My God, you know, everybody with all the money, all the mountain folks have been making, making VIP a priority their whole life. That's fine. Go ahead and do that. You can continue to make the pier a VIP section. You can bring this crappy, awful, terrible, worthless Coke stage, and you can still dock it at Ross's Landing, and you can still have the hospitality underneath. Because, again, I've, as I've talked about over the years, if you've got Coke hospitality and you're on that barge, you're having a good time. Now, that doesn't mean that there's not, you know, 30,000 other Never are 90 or 100 or 80. Those are all fake numbers. But there's still several th- tens of thousands that are miserable over there. But you can still have your Coke stage, your VIP barge, rope it off differently where you can only access it through on uh, going onto the pier, down underneath, put some fencing to where maybe if you're down below and you have the access to get there, you can go up and you can go under the barge or on top. And the Coke stage, quote-unquote, can now become the Coke viewing area that views wherever the main stage is. Maybe it's down in the corner. Maybe, I don't know if that'll fit of, 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 under, you know, under, down underneath there. Again, that's not my, my, my world. Maybe we put the main stage up on the green and all the people who want to gather up up in front and get there early and be like, hey, I'm front row because that's what we do at festivals. They can do that. And you can sit up and eat food from Food City or Publix or, uh, you know, Kangaroo or (laughs) Circle K or wherever it is that you've made your major corporate sponsors with. You can sit back there and eat meat and cheese, ham, cheese, and, you know, whatever the hell, Grey Poupon, and, uh, you know, have a free Coke or whatever. And you do that while everybody else goes and watches whatever the music is like they do at every other festival. There you go. There you go, and you make the signage different, you make the environment feel better, you take down, you don't put so many streamers and banners of all this, you don't have the army out there front and center, you don't have the gutter united, hey, gutter repair, I mean, you can have some of that, just don't let it completely take over the, the, the sight lines. I don't want to feel like I'm walking into a flea market when I go to a music festival. And I, I just, I, I get that is an original thought that I have not heard from anybody else that I just thought of in the last week or so as I was trying to think to myself, how am I going to talk about a Riverbend uh, segment when I said I wasn't going to do it other than unless there was news, which in this case there is news. Bring the dumb barge. Dock it over there. It'll look fine. You know, it'll still have that Riverbend iconic look because once upon a time, 25 years ago, for some reason, that was looked at as some kind of iconic thing. That's because festivals were different 25 years ago. You know, you can't try to be something you're not. So bring the dumb barge, connect it with the with the uh, with the with the pier, make a big fat L of VIPs. And let all the rest of us not care about that section unless we are lucky enough to get a hold of one. And we might go over there for some relief for a minute. But let us go watch music on stages like we do everywhere else. 
And I am telling you, and I am dead serious, I'm not trying to be flippant or any kind of sarcastic or condescending whatsoever. I believe that the people involved here are going to make this happen. And I am excited about it, and I will not hate on it until I am given a reason to do so. But just as I never have, I've never hated on anybody in that organization of friends of other than Chip Baker, who is gone. As I mentioned before, next move is get him off the Hamilton County Commission. That's all I got. Uh, Interesting, different, odd, crazy, sad, weird day. Different kind of show. I hope it was at least somewhat entertaining. I don't know. But Tim Boy's an asshole, um, and Riverbend has been fixed. And if that's what comes out of this, then uh, I feel like I've done an all right job. All right? Y'all have a good one. Let's see. Anything going on this week? Titans got a home game. Guess where I'm not going? Take a guess. I'll give you one. No, I'll give you three guesses. No, it's not Atlanta. No, it's not Birmingham. No, I'm not going to Nashville. And I'm not going to watch that dreadful team play football. Y'all have a great one. Talk to you soon. Love you to death. Seriously. Mean it. Bye.